When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller, old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. I am your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd. And all I have to say is. Halloween. Is a coming. And I am stoked. October. Is my favorite month. Forget Thanksgiving. Forget Christmas. Hell. Even forget New Year's Eve. Give me the. Ghouls. And the goblins. The witches. Etc. And I am on cloud nine <laughs> so without further ado this is Terra Radio the two radio series highlighted tonight are Nightfall and Beyond Midnight our first radio story is entitled How Did You Get My Name and this was first broadcasted on Nightfall on August 22nd 1980 following that is the radio play let me see your face and this was first broadcasted on beyond midnight april 11th 1969 and this is an adaptation based on a.m burge's short story one who saw so you all know the drill sit back turn down the lights and listen to How Did You Get My Name? Followed by Let Me See Your Face. In the dream, you are falling, lost in the listening distance, as dark locks in <laughs> nightfall good evening tonight we have a special homecoming prepared for you the play is called how did you get my name <laughs> so I left the car right in this front lot and said, the hell with it. <laughs> what can he do to me now? <laughs> well, I'll say one thing, Larry. You haven't lost your style. Well, I figured if his police force kept giving me tickets, I may as well give him the car. <laughs> <laughs> in Vancouver was no doubt sorry to see you go. Well, Toronto's more my style anyway. Style? This looks just like Granville Street, hookers, winos, and strip joints. Yeah, you should have seen it before they cleaned it up. <laughs> Look out! Jeez. 
By God, they hit the pole. We'd better get out. No, they're okay. Larry, you cut them off. They were in the wrong goddamn lane. But shouldn't we There's go There's nothing back? we can do here. Jim, you've been through enough without something like this. Now, come on. Cops will be here in a couple of minutes. Who needs it? Let's watch it on the news. bound to shake you up a little. Give yourself a little time. Yeah. Did I, um, overreact? Well, I... I'm sorry. I don't want to say... This is important. Did I? Look, Jim, lighten up. I mean, if a guy who spent four years in a straitjacket, you handled it great. I wasn't in a straitjacket. Okay, a cummerbund. Or whatever you guys wear in those European hospitals. <laughs> He's up on the jokes, will you? A lot of times I wondered if I'd ever come back. Well, after a while, everyone figured you were dead. Except me. Thanks. What made you so sure I was still alive? Mm, gut feeling, I guess. I, I figured if I kept sending letters and phoning around, sooner or later I'd find you. Must have been... expensive. Where'd you get the money? I robbed a bank. <laughs> Just kidding. It was a gas station. Larry, you haven't lost your style. Okay, here we are. Oh, great. What's up? Stay in the car. What? Why? You, know, you see that guy with the dog? He's my landlord. He lives next door. I gave him a bum check last week, and uh, I'd rather not run into him just now. Well, careful, don't let him see you. Now who's overreacting? Look, I'm not kidding. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm sorry about this. I'll straighten it out tomorrow. Oh, good, he's gone. Okay. Uh, here's the key. And, uh, go inside and check it out. I'll get your bags out of the trunk. Larry? Yeah? Should we synchronize our watches? <laughs> Just get moving. <laughs> right. Should I get that? you to answer a few questions. How did you find me? The computer, sir. Now, have you ever been involved in a serious... No. No accidents. Do you have a criminal record? What? No, I have don't have... you ever a... been treated for mental illness? Mental illness? How did you find Give me that, that receiver! 
What's going on? Come on, man. Give yourself a shake. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you were freaking out. Who was that? I don't know. But he knew my name. He called me by my name. What? He called me by my name. And... Well, he even knew I'd been sick. Slow down, Jimmy. He, he called you by name. Yeah. Oh, you must have misunderstood. Uh, nobody knows you're even in the country. You must have heard wrong. I tell you, I heard my name. He even seemed to know about the accident. Accident? The car accident, the one we just saw. Okay, Jim, what exactly did he say? I, I don't know. He asked me some questions. What's happening? Jim, this is your old buddy Larry talking. You've been through a lot. It's been a long day, and you're tired. You made a mistake, so forget it. But... Well, I, I guess you're right. I did it again, huh? Overboard, I mean. Well, you had me worried there for a minute. Now, why don't you get some sleep? Sorry. Um... Stick with me, will you? You'll see. I'm not crazy anymore. I know that. You're the only one that seems worried about it. I'm grateful, Larry. I want you to know that. Jim, you don't have to go into this. But I want you to know. Even before I left for Europe, I felt... I don't know... Isolated. But over there, I felt more isolated than before. That's why I broke down. Your letter gave me strength. Made me feel I belong somewhere. Come on, kid. It was just a letter. But it gave me the courage to become Jim Brent again. Stick with me, huh? Come on. Let's get you unpacked. Coffee, I've got the kettle on. Yeah, good idea. Maybe some breakfast too, huh? Well, let's not push it. My stomach isn't awake yet. Uh, got any cigarettes on you? Nope. Oh, wait, uh, I think there's, uh, there's some in the top drawer. Take a look, will you? Yeah, sure. Were you afraid of me coming here, Larry? What? Did you think I was going to attack you? What are you talking... <laughs> oh, the gun. It's loaded, too. Yeah, sorry. I, I forgot it was there. I uh, I won in a poker game a couple of months ago. I uh, I probably should have locked it away with the sharp object, huh? Very funny. Here's your cigarettes and your lighter and your socks and okay, your shoes. Okay, okay, okay. Can't you take a joke? You know me. Sick joke's a specialty. All right. How about that coffee? Or do you trust me with a hot kettle? I don't know. The way you reacted to that phone call last night. <laughs> yeah, I guess I was a bit jumpy. I'll make the coffee. And I'll be down in a little bit. Looks <clears throat> like a nice day. 
Thought I slept like a log. Larry, where's the coffee? Larry? What? The coffee. Metal cupboard. Larry, the mail's here. Mail? Uh, just leave it. I'll get it later. It's okay. I got it. I put it on your desk. Okay. Jim Brent? What's this? Get that thing off the heat, will you? What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Larry, get down here, will you? I knew something weird's going on here. Larry! I'm in the living room, Jim. Look at this. What? They're all addressed to me. Jesus H. Christ. Well, here, look. Not again. Well? Jim, stop it. These are just bills. Bills? What do you mean? Give them to me. Jim! Are you crazy? Just look at them. I'll get it. No, I'll get it. Hello. Mr. Brent? Jim Brent? Yes, this is Jim Brent. There. Are you happy now? Maybe I'd like to talk to your funny friend, Larry. Look, pal, this isn't funny anymore. Jim, hang up the telephone. And you. You're supposed to be my friend. This is a sick joke, Larry, even for you. Mr. Brent, we'd just like to ask you a couple of... There. That's what I think is your goddamn sense of humor. Man, you're really flipping out. I don't know what you're talking about, and I sure as hell don't have anything to do with it. Who the hell else knows I'm here? It's gotta be you. They never should have let you out. Why, you son of a bitch! I gotta get out of here. Yes, sir. What'll it be? Uh, sir? Hmm. Would you like something? Scotch. Okay. How do you like it? What? On the rocks? Sure. Okay. There. Uh, you all right, sir? Thanks. Um, yeah. I, I just... Plaza Bar, Steve here. Uh, who? Jim, who? Well, I, I, I don't know. I'll check. Is Jim McCullough here? Uh, Jim McCullough? Oh, sorry, lady. Okay. Oh. Bad day? You, you looked a little uh, spooked uh, when the phone rang. Well, I... I By just... the way, uh, my name's Steve. Jim. Oh, you're uh, not a regular here, are you? No. I'm out west. Vancouver. Oh. Just got here, didn't you? Something like that. Uh-huh. Live around here, eh? Mm, yeah. Whereabouts? Uh, around the corner. Don Donald. Oh, uh, one of the high-rises? The house on the corner. Uh, 
What did you say your name was? Jim Brent. Oh, so you're Jim Brent. Uh, in uh, in kind of early, aren't you? Early. Well, Arnie doesn't take over till uh, six. <laughs> God, he's always telling me what a crazy guy you are. <laughs> I, I don't like know what time at the at the Brunswick house last year, huh? <laughs> or, oh wait, how about that hassle you had with the Harry Krishna? Oh boy, hey, you're right out of your mind. I think you've got the wrong guy. What? You did say you're Jim Brent, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, from Vancouver? Huh? And you live around the corner? Well, yeah, but I think you've mixed me up with somebody else. I've never been here before. What? Hey, oh, that's strange. How can there be... Oh, <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Never been here before. No. Oh, God. You really had me going there for a while. You really are crazy. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Look, yeah. uh, how much do I owe you? Uh, oh, terrific. I left my wallet back at the house. No, 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 no problem. I'll put it on your tab. Uh, well, sure. I've got to get going. Uh, Jim? Yeah. Jim Brent. I thought it was you. Hey, watch out. He'll probably deny it. <laughs> Jim. Don't you remember me? Danny. Danny Davidson. Danny? <laughs> Danny Davidson, of course. What are you doing here? <laughs> I know, I know. I said I'd never leave the coast. But they made me national sales manager. Well, what's with you? Didn't you go to Europe? Uh, yeah, but I got sick and it took me a while to get over it. Uh, I got back yesterday, as a matter of fact. No kidding. Say, I was up in Vancouver a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you wouldn't recognize the old neighborhood. It's all rooming houses. Of course, most of the old gang's still out there. I guess you heard about Larry. Larry? Collins. You two were pretty close, weren't you? Of course, it was no surprise. I mean, the way the guy drove, he was bound to get it eventually. Still, he's a crazy guy. Lots of laughs. What are you talking about? I'm sorry. I guess you didn't know. It must have been about a year after you left. His car went off Burnaby Mountain, burst into flames. Never had a chance. What are you telling me? Larry's dead? I'm afraid so. But he can't be dead. It's impossible. He can't be. You got to be here. Larry, you up here? There's got to be something. All right, Larry, it's all over. I found your wallet. Let's see. Driver's license. Oh, my God, no. Pretty good, Larry. You thought of everything, didn't you? phone book. You couldn't have changed the phone book. Come, Collins, come. Wait a second. 
Jim Brent. Well done, Donald. Have I been dreaming? Living in this house all along? The doctor's hospital. Hallucination? No, it, it couldn't be. Larry. Larry, please, God, Larry, where are you? You've got to be here. I'm here, Jim. Larry, my God, what's going on? I was about to ask you the same question. You okay? How did they get my name? The mail, the telephone book, the phone calls. What are you talking about? Oh, for God's sake, I've never been here before, but it's like I've been living here for years. Hey, 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 slow down a sec. What do you mean, like you've been living here for years? Well, all the mail's for me, the phone calls, my name's in the book. So? So. All right. All right, Larry. This is going to seem like a strange question, but... Where are we? Where are we? Why, uh, we're at your house, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, North America, planet Earth. My house? Where do you live? Jim, I live in Vancouver. Remember, you picked me up at the airport last night? But what are you doing here? I came to visit you. Jim, you've been acting very strangely. Look, I've got the kettle on. Why don't I make some coffee? Sure. Okay. Where do you get the coffee? Middle cupboard. Jim? The middle cupboard. Looks like a nice day. God, I slept like a log. Want some breakfast? Jim? Take the kettle off the heat, will you, Larry? down the phone, Larry. It's for you, Jim. I was just taking a message. I said hang it up. Okay, okay. What the hell are you doing with that? Under the circumstances, I don't want to take any chances. I feel a lot better with a gun in my hand. Hang it up. Jim, are you crazy? Put that thing down. Get the coffee. Sure, Jim. Sure. I'd feel a lot more comfortable if you'd put that gun down. Larry, do you remember a guy named Danny Davidson? Danny Davidson? Yeah, sure. Uh, he went to school with us, so we keep in touch. Oh. You keep in touch, eh? Mm-hmm. What's he been doing these days? Uh, he's uh, still in the Army. A sergeant, I think. You're lying. Lying? Hey, why would I I ran lie? into him today. What? Yeah. At the Plaza Bar. You know it? No, I don't Danny know the Danny said bars. you in a car accident. He said you were dead. One lump or two. Black's fine. The way I figure it, Larry Collins is already dead. 
So it won't matter if he dies here in my kitchen. And let's face it, Larry, someone in my state of mind could do almost anything. Here's your coffee. Why, Larry? You don't have to know that. Listen, there's a hundred grand in it for you if you just get out of town. God damn it, Larry. I want an explanation. Okay, okay, take it easy. See, right after you disappeared, I made a lot of money on a dope deal. Big money. But things got complicated and I got burned. A, a guy crossed me at the last minute. It was either him or me. Then I got scared. I mean, I'd done a lot of crazy things before, but I never wasted anyone. Then I thought of you. Seemed like the perfect scam since everybody thought you were dead. So I planted my ID on this guy's body and set up the accident. <laughs> you should have seen it. It looked like an A-bomb. No way anyone could identify that body. So, uh, Larry Collins died in a Vancouver car crash, and Jim Brent was reborn in Toronto. That's right, Jim boy. I've been living your life for the past three years. Of course. Of course. That accounts for everything. The phone book, the mail, the bartender at the plaza. But who made those phone calls? I don't know, but anyone phoning here would be asking for Jim Brent. Hey, uh, how about putting that gun down? Huh? I don't think so, Larry. Tell me, why did you bring me back? I was no threat where I was. But I didn't know where you were. See, everybody thought you were dead, but I couldn't afford to go with that. I had to know for sure. Every morning I wondered, will this be the day I run into him? Oh, Christ, I thought I saw you a million times uh, on a bus in the street and a bar somewhere in my nightmares. So I just kept sending letters and making phone calls till I found you. Alive. I couldn't believe it. Lucky Larry. So you brought me here to keep an eye on me. Well, yeah. But I had to keep you under wraps till I figured out what to do. I thought we could work something out, but once you got here, I realized you weren't in any shape to handle it. Um, I think I need some more of that coffee. So you were going to kill me? No. No, Jim. I'm not a murderer. What about the guy in Vancouver? Well, I was different. Besides, once you got here, he acted so wingy, I thought you might... I, I thought... That, with a little help, I might do the job for you? Something like that. You bastard. And if that didn't work? Well, then I'd have to take matters into my own hands. Ah! My eyes! My eyes!
Mr. Brent? No. Who's calling, please? Uh, well, may I leave a message? This is Lieutenant McGrath. Who's calling, please? I represent the Minion Insurance Group. Uh, we're doing a survey, and I just wanted to ask him some questions. I'm sorry. Mr. Brent won't be answering any questions. Well, Lieutenant, uh, uh, we can't seem to get anything out of him. What's it look like? I don't know. Uh, he must have surprised him during the burglary. What about the suspect? He's not making much sense. Uh, could be drugs. How did you get my name? It's on the letter. The phone book. It's my name. It's my name. Who is he, anyway? Don't know. He had no ID. No ID? Okay. Let's book him on a John Doe. You have just heard How Did You Get My Name by Don Dickinson and Alan Gutman. Featured tonight were Gordon Thompson as Jim Brent and John Stocker as Larry Collins. August Schellenberg was heard as Danny Davidson with David Hughes as Steve, the bartender, Sandy Webster as Lieutenant McGraw, and Robin McCulloch as the police constable. The telephone solicitor was the voice of the late Don Mason. Our recording engineer tonight is Jan Wright, and sound effects are by Matt Wilcott, with the production assistance of Doris Buchanan. Nightfall is produced and directed for CBC Radio by Bill Howell. Past nine. Certain people, often well enough liked, genial souls whom one is always glad to meet, yet who have the faculty of disappearing without being missed. Crutchley was one of them. It wasn't until his name was mentioned casually that evening at the Stewart Gates that most of us remembered we hadn't seen him for the last year or two. Yes, I remember. I was talking to old Crutchley at the time. Oh, he's awfully sweet. I always liked him. Wasn't it queer? He seemed to have dropped completely out of things. For the last year or two, he's been living very quietly with his people in Norfolk. Really? I heard from him only the other day, as a matter of fact. Oh, I never. I wonder why he's chosen to efface himself. He was rather a lamb in his way. Oh, I, I used to adore that shiny black hair of his, which always made me think of patent leather. <laughs> <laughs> it's as white as the ceiling, now. Pardon? I said, it's as white as the ceiling now. Oh, no, 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 no. We're speaking of Simon Crutchley. Simon Crutchley. I mean Simon Crutchley. But that lovely, sleek hair. What... What happened? Did he have a nervous breakdown? Something like that. Biotechs, the new soak and pre-wash powder presents Beyond Midnight by Michael McCabe. In this series of programs, ladies, it's our intention to talk to you about biotechs and promote it to you for the laundry. Now, we've made claims that biotechs will get rid of the stubbornness stains just by soaking. 
I dare say, like others, you feel a, a bit skeptical about these claims. And so we've been collecting letters from ladies who use biotechs just to quote to you from time to time in order to authenticate our advertisement. And Mrs. O'Dell from Beach Road, Sea Point in the Cape, wrote and said that biotechs is a very welcome product for the household. Biotex has a unique quality that it does what it claims to do. Mrs. Dove finished by saying, I have proved your claims about Biotex and am delighted with the results. And then a Mrs. Rita Stewart of Hansstraatham Avenue, Littleton, Farnsville, said, We have tried your Biotex for all our children's clothes and also white underclothing and were absolutely amazed at the change in their appearance. And I can assure you, said Mrs. Stewart, that I will be a regular user of Biotex. So, buy Biotex for yourself and your laundry. about Crutchley. Oh. Ah, I smell a story. Yes. It's a queer and rather terrible story. There's even one bit that he couldn't or wouldn't tell. So no one but he knows what the sight was that sent him off his head for six months and turned his hair as white as snow. The night's young yet. Come to my place and have a drink. I'll tell you all I know. A driver. in Joan of Arc, you see, and decided to go over to France to work, as it were, on the spot. I don't know if you like Rouen. Crutchley was delighted with it. He found a hotel practically undiscovered by the English and the Americans. L'Hôtel d'Avignon. It stands halfway down one of those old world streets near the Gare de la Rouge en Dark. Crutchley liked it immediately and decided to stay. It was out of season. There were plenty of rooms. To the hotel where many ate, but few slept. Crutchy then had a choice of rooms on the first floor. Monsieur? Hmm. Oh, this seems. Ah. There's a garden out here. Oui, monsieur. The hotel is very old. It is built onto the side of the hill. The garden... And the garden's a story about the street. Oh, I care for this. Hmm, there won't get much sun, will it, though? Well, that's a plane tree, isn't it? Monsieur? Yes, yes, I think it is. <laughs> it's so quiet. Reminds me of some of the little squares in the music court. Oui, monsieur. Uh, yes, please, I, I should like this room. Uh, please arrange my luggage to be sent up. I, I'm a writer, you see, and a garden appeals to me as a place to work. It never occurred to our friend that a square enclosed on all sides by brick and almost completely starved of sunlight would be something of an unhealthy place. He was quite fascinated. The very next day, he took pen and writing materials and sitting on one of the decrepit paint-peeling seats, he started on his study of the Maid of Orléans. To begin with, his writing wasn't successful. 
I think Crutchley mistook the almost unnatural silence for peace. Instead, the lack of noise bred in him an indefinable restlessness. It was almost a relief to break off from his labors and go out into the little town. Crutchley had five days at the hotel, five fruitless days as far as work went, when something strange happened. It was his habit to undress in the dark because his window was overlooked by dozens of others. One night, he was smoking and stepping into his pajama trousers when he wandered over the window and looked out. I mean to ask you for the last week. Uh, can I have a harder pillow? Monsieur? Uh, pillow. Harder. I'm sorry, my, my French is about as good as my Lithuanian, and I don't speak that at all. A pillow. 
This thing here. Harder. Ah, oui, oui. Yes, thanks. Oh, one more thing. Who's the lady who sits out there in the garden late at night? I mean, I, I say sits. Well, she was there last night anyway. Somehow, though, I did have the feeling that she might go there often. Hmm? Uh, who is she? A uh, sort of sad-looking woman. The chambermaid turned towards the window. Our friend saw a rapid movement of her right hand. It was done very quickly. Just the touch of her forefinger on her brow and a rapid fumbling of fingers at her breast. But he knew she had made the sign of the cross. There is no lady standing in the ice, monsieur. Monsieur has been mistaken. Will monsieur take coffee or the English tea? and paint the town red. But what about your headache? Oh, that's gone. Grandpa Headache Powders did the trick. Grandpa Headache Powders kill pain, soothe strained nerves and lift depression. Grandpa Headache Powders are extra effective because they have a triple action. Grandpa Headache Powders work extra fast because they dissolve almost immediately. Get fast effective relief from any pain, all pain. Get Grandpa Headache Powders. Ah, Grandpa. Amazing new Biotex acts with a biological action to soak out the stubbornest stains and loosen dirt. New Biotex is great for all textiles and synthetics, whites and colors. It contains no bleach. Get amazing new Biotex today and let soaking do the washing. The wine list, monsieur. Oh, thank you, Pierre. Thanks. Are you quite comfortable in your room, sir? No, mm-hmm. oh, quite, thank you. Thank you. Uh, there is a very pleasant room in the front, sir. It's quite so big, and then there is the sun. Perhaps you like it better, sir, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, the white wine there, please. How do you pronounce it, Pierre? Uh, Le Cromertin, monsieur. Oh, good choice, very good. The room, sir, in the front. No, no, thanks, no, thanks. I, I shouldn't get a wink of sleep. See, none of your motor traffic seems to be equipped with silencers. With trams, motor horns, and market cars bumping about all over the place across those cobbles, I should never get any peace. Very good, monsieur. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm on the trail of something queer here. The chambermaid's been talking to him, obviously. I wonder what's wrong. Crutchley forgot about it for a little while and tucked into the very excellent food they served at L'Hotel d'Avignon. When they had waited returned to his table, though, with wine, he reopened the subject. Why do you want me to change my room? I do not wish for you to change your room if you are satisfied, monsieur. Oh, when I am not satisfied, I say so. Oh, why do you think I may not be? I only wish for you to be more comfortable, sir. There is no sun behind the house. It is better to be where the sun comes sometimes. Besides, I think Monsieur is one who sees. The head waiter's last remark seemed cryptic. 
But our friend let it go. He didn't feel like discussing the sad lady he'd seen at any length with Pierre. During the afternoon and evening, Crutchley tried to work. He was incapable of concentration, though. He knew, and he was angry with himself because he knew, that he was eking out his patience until night came, in the hope of seeing once more that still figure of despair in the garden. Who is she? 
man tell me she's what they call a ghost, apparition, or some blasted thing? It doesn't matter what one calls her, monsieur. She is here sometimes for certain who are able to see her. Monsieur wishes very much to see her face. Monsieur must not see it. There was one who looked five years ago, and another perhaps seven, eight. The first he make die after two, three days. The other, uh, he is still mad. That is why I come to save you, monsieur. There was in this town a notary of the name Lebrun. And in a village halfway from here to Dieppe is a grand chateau in which there lived a lady, une jeune fille, with her father and mother. And the lady was very beautiful, but not very good, monsieur. Well, go on. Well, I, I don't quite see what this has to do monsieur, with you. You will, please. Eh bien, monsieur Lebrun fell in love with her. I think she loved him too, better as all the others. So he make application for her hand. But he was bourgeois and she was aristocrat. He had not so very much money and the application, it was refused. And so they find for her another husband who she loved not and she find herself someone else and there is divorce. And she have many lovers for she was very beautiful but not so very good. For ten years, perhaps, she make her beauty to make slaves of men. And one he made kill himself because of her. But she does not mind. And all the time, Monsieur Lebrun, he does not marry because he could not love another woman. But at last, this lady, she have a dreadful accident. It is a lamp which blow up and hurt her face. In those days, the surgeons did not know how to make new features. Oh, it was dreadful, monsieur. She had been so lovely, and now she had nothing left except uh, just the eyes. And she go about wearing a long, thick veil because she had become terrible to see. And her lovers, they no longer love. And she have no husband because she had been divorced. Then... Monsieur Lebrun, he, 
walk out alone and she stays sitting on the seat down there. And presently her mother and her father come, but she does not speak or move. And in her hand they find a little empty bottle, monsieur. She... She lived for love. Le Brun is the last of her lovers. When he no longer love, then that is the last of everything. She had bring the bottle with her in case he does not love. So, it happened a long time ago. And now perhaps, monsieur, understand why perhaps it is better he sleep in the front of the building tonight and... Change his hotel tomorrow. But why does she come back? Uh, how do we know, monsieur? She's a thing of evil. When her face was lovely, while she lived, she used it to destroy men. Now she still used it to destroy, but uh, otherwise. She has some great evil power which draw those who can see her. They feel they must not rest until they have looked upon her face. And that face is not good to look upon. Ah. Oh. Another drink handy, old man? Uh, no, thanks. Listen, that can't be all. Poor old Crutchley. Uh, but that can't be all. No, it isn't quite all. I wish that it were. Cratchley was scared. He changed his room and the next day he moved out. He went to another hotel, tried to work but couldn't. The horror of the thing had a fascination for him. And the next night, as it started to get dark, he asked himself why he shouldn't go and look. He was compelled. Why shouldn't I go and see that she was drawing him, drawing him to her. He went to the hotel, Hotel Devigno. He walked around the building twice and then walked straight in through the swing doors as if he still stayed there. He went to the first floor and found one of the doors that led into the walled garden. It was late and the door was unlocked. He just stood there, staring in horror at that which sat upon the seat. He was drawn like a moth to a candle flame. Madam, please look at me. Madam, let me... Let me see your face. Madam, please look at me. Madam, I know your story and I pity you. Allow me to see your face. He was lost. He knew it. The power was too strong for him. He bent over her.
Speaking about biotechs in this series of programs, and a Mrs. E.B. Granger of Gordon Road, Heathfield in the Cape, wrote to say that she decided to try our biotechs just to see if it lived up to our claims. And she said, I bought a packet, and lo and behold, it actually did just what the advert said. I'm so proud of the children's white shirts, the hankies, and the underwear that I want to say it will be biotechs for me every washing day from now on. Some of my family's accessories were left with slight stains, but now, thanks to Biotech soaking, they come out white, and the stains do go away, as you say. Now, that is a statement from Mrs. Granger of Heathfield of the Cape, and it bears out what we have been saying to you ladies ever since Biotechs first came on the market. We said to you, it is different to any washing product that you've ever used before. We claim that the stubborner stains will vanish, and people like Mrs. Granger bear out our claims. Remember, biotechs. Beyond Midnight is presented every Friday night at half past nine by Biotechs, the new soak and pre-wash powder. The program is adapted for broadcasting and produced by Michael McCabe. That's our show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember... You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970 or you can find me on Instagram at Radio Show Nerve. And if you want to drop me a line, say hello, make a request, a suggestion, a uh, even a critique, respectfully, please feel free to email me at radioshownerd at gmail.com. I also have a YouTube channel, <laughs> Terror Radio. Please check it out. Subscribe. Like and share the videos. Will be highly appreciated. Again, look for great things to come next month. As I said, I am a Halloween fanatic. Again, this is your host, Keith better known as the Radio Show Nerd, signing off.